Welcome to episode three. I am Fern, back with you again, and today we're gonna talk about one of the biggest pain points in the dog daycare industry, and that is how to find good staff. Everybody struggles with this, so let's see if we can help you out a bit. It's time to become the overdog. All you dog businesses, get ready to level up. This is the Overdog Podcast. All right, so before we get started, I have to ask, how are you liking these shows? Are they good? Are they helpful? Please give me feedback. I love to know if this is useful, if this is helpful. Please tell me what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear about. I want to make these about you and as informative and as impactful for you and your business as possible. So please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me over at fern at overdogdigital.com or head over to iTunes and leave me a review, okay? That'll be the best way to help other people uh, know that this podcast is useful. So head over to iTunes. I would really appreciate a quick review, um, just letting me know how you like the show. All right, today is gonna be a good one because it's probably the number one pain point that I hear from dog daycare boarding facility owners. And that is the problems with staff. Yes, you guys have been banging your head against the wall, I'm gonna guess, regarding all the issues about staff, how to find them, how to keep them. So in this podcast, as well as part two, which will be the following episode, I'm gonna talk a little bit about staffing, how to find good people, and then how to cultivate a culture where we keep them as long as possible. So if that sounds cool, let's get right into it and start discussing this really annoying topic of staffing. It's probably the bane of every... I think every small business owner's existence, because it's so difficult to manage different personalities, different people, but it's specifically in our industry. So let's talk about what you should look for. Let's talk about the hiring process, because if you find a lot of people, but they're the wrong people, it's going to make your life miserable. So you want to make sure you're finding the right people to fit inside your business. If you don't do this very intentionally, you're going to end up with very scattered results, with different kinds of people that are maybe not the best fit for you. And I find most people are not really thinking of this through um, and they're paying for it, (laughs) literally and figuratively along the way. So number one, the number one advice I can give you with hiring people is make sure you're always hiring for personality and potential over skills. Okay, that I cannot stress enough. So many people, they put out these applications and stuff and, you know, these job postings and they're like, you know, they're looking for dog experience, you know, maybe from another daycare or whatever. Sure, that is nice, but that is not where you're going to find your best employees. Okay, and this is like just the biggest mistake I've seen that that people make is they're just looking for the skill set. What you don't understand is all skills are learnable, okay? People can learn how to work with dogs. Now, yes, some people are just naturally better with them. Some people are just really not qualified to do it at all. But just because someone hasn't done it doesn't mean you can't teach them that skill. Personality, however, is something that you cannot teach them. 
Okay, there's certain qualities that are just natural to a person, like responsibility, um, uh, kindness, all those things, you cannot teach them, all right? That's something that people just come with. Those are the qualities you should be looking for. You can always train people up. But if you hire someone with um, kind of an antisocial personality, that's going to kill you because you can't change that. Or you hire someone who seems eh, less than responsible, odds are, yes, people can change, but very few do. However, you can teach people to do a lot of things, including work with dogs. I remember when my kids were very young, I have twins, when they were babies, we were hiring someone to come uh, part-time to kind of work and help me out at home because I'm a stay-at-home dad and I needed help because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So we're looking at uh, hiring some, you know, just some part-time help. And we're interviewing a lot of different people. And there was a couple, a couple of women who came in who had really good resumes of qualifications and stuff. But there's just something about, you know, their personality didn't click with me. I didn't think, you know, there's just something about it that I just like, eh, I don't know about this person. Then this other girl came in. She had almost no experience, but she had an amazing personality. She was nice. She was kind. She was eager. Uh, it's just everything about her was very warm and friendly. And I felt like obviously she had a minimum degree of competency because she's, you know, going to be working with my kids. <laughs> but again, I'm home with them. I'm not this, this position. I was not leaving them alone with her just yet. It was I was going to be home. They're just helping me. So it's not like I, I had to they had to really know how to everything to do with kids. You know, they just needed to support me. We ended up hiring the one with the least amount of qual qualifications. And she was amazing. She was amazing. She just had an innate quality and she was just so nice. Again, I'm with her all day long. She's just a pleasure to be around and she worked out great. She helped us. She was amazing with the kids and now she's a teacher, you know? So it just goes to show that she had those qualities and she learned the skills and she took it to the next level. So I'm so glad that we didn't hire these other people that seem more qualified, but I don't think would have been the right fit long term. So when you're doing those interviews, make sure you're really gauging the person's uh, personality. Is this someone that is going to be a pleasure to be around for both you, your staff, and your customers? Do they have an eagerness to do this job? Uh, are they looking you know, to, to learn? And do they seem like uh, that's a good possibility, especially in a job where if they're going to be customer facing, they need to have really good communication sp skills and they got to be nice. You can't train someone to be nice. You're either a nice person or you're not. I'm sorry. <laughs> so any customer facing position, you're going to have to find someone who is somewhat good at just communicating or just talking, you know, just talking regularly and nicely to people. And lastly, even though they may not have the skill set for dogs, if they have a passion for dogs, that really helps because they are in it not because you don't you don't take a job cleaning up poop uh, for basically minimum wage because you need the money. You may need the money, but you're doing it because you like dogs. All right. You love dogs. So you're looking for someone who really has that passion because that's going to fuel them to learn the skills that they need to. So as long as they have that passion, then I think you're going to see that that transfer over. Now, one thing you may have uh, heard in our last interview is how 
Jessica Finnegan talked about, you know, hiring people and she would look for people outside the industry, all right, into other industries. So, and that kind of transitions us to the next topic, which is where do you find these people? So what Jessica said is, Jessica said, don't, she doesn't look for people in the dog daycare industry, okay? She didn't try, all her best staff members she got from other industries. And I love what she would do is she would kind of poach people from other uh, complete other industries and other businesses. She would be like in uh, maybe Starbucks or something and the person serving her coffee was super nice, super attentive, great customer service. And she would try to offer them a position to come change industries and work with her saying, hey, you know, I love you do such a great job. Have you ever thought about joining our industry and working with dogs? And she, she took some people because she saw them. You can actually see them working. They're actually on the job. All right. So it's not an interview. An interview is difficult because everyone's going to kind of show their best self. They're going to tell you the things that you want them to hear. They're going to present themselves in a certain way. But something like someone working, doing their job at a coffee house or a restaurant or something, they're at work. They're not thinking they're kind of on display, even though they're in the public eye. And they don't think someone's actually looking at them with the lens of an interview. So she's able to identify people at work doing a good job and then say, this is the kind of person that I need and let's bring them over and see if we can get them to come work with us and work with dogs and train them, okay? Because we know they, they're hardworking, you know, from what we see, they uh, are pleasant, they are good communicators, they are nice, awesome, all the qualities we need. We can teach them everything else. So I love, love, love that. The other place, the thing is, I find a lot of a lot of places are looking in the wrong place. Like I always say, Craigslist is a horrible place to find good employees. All right, that's like trying to find, um, you know, uh, a high quality luxury product in Kmart or Walmart. That's not what they're there for. Okay, that's not the kind of inventory that they have. So you're not going to find that. So you can't expect to find that there. So I find Craigslist is, in my opinion, the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> um, and I, and you may find, you know, there's in all these places, this is not a, a, you know, black and white type of thing. You can always find, you know, anomalies and stuff. But in my opinion, the companies that I've worked with, Craigslist has a horrible return on investment as to finding good people. So you don't want to look there. So where are you going to look? How are you going to find, where are you going to find these people? Um, so the first thing I say is look at your current staff. Okay. Who do you have? That's great. And where did you find them? All right. Who's been with you the longest and who do you think does the best job? Where did you find them? All right. And start to see if there's a consistency where you're finding typical people from the same sources, which is common. And then I'm going to talk to them and see if they know anybody who might be a good fit who's like them because people tend to hang out with similar types of people. So see, and you may, this is like an obvious thing. You've probably already done that, but at least just look at where, what is the source of those good employees? Where did you find them from? Because then I would go back to that traffic source and see if you can find any more. I mentioned earlier about, you know, having a passion for dogs is very important because this is a job that someone's not doing really for the money. <laughs> so the passion will fuel them quite a bit. And one of the best places to find people with a lot of passion for dogs is res dog rescue volunteers. All right, these are people 
who are volunteering their time for free to work with dogs and try to get them adopted. So if they're doing it for free, maybe they'll work with dogs and actually get paid for it, okay? These are people so passionate about dogs that it's usually a good transition because they may or may not even have some dog experience, but they really care about dogs. So you know that they're going to want to do the best for the dogs and they're going to kind of put their best self in, you know? That doesn't mean just because they work in rescue, they're perfect. You're going to have to look at through the lens like you would look at all employees, like, you know, are they kind? Do they seem responsible? All the other stuff. Uh, and then again, all the skills are, are trainable, but it's a good place to find some good uh, staff, I believe. All right. So as you're doing this, um, you're going to find that your applicants are going to fall into two main categories, okay, as you're doing this. All right. And the one thing, let me just talk about uh, the interview process uh, for a second. I find that a lot of people are just asking the wrong questions, okay? Everyone talks about, okay, uh, let me hear the history. Where'd you work? How long did you stay? Why'd you leave? What was it like? Blah, 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 blah. It's like everyone knows it's coming. They rattle off the standard answers they've practiced already. Those are horrible questions to ask, all right? The resume if they hand it or the application will tell you all that. You don't need to ask them that stuff. And it's really not going to tell you anything because they could say or put whatever they want on there. You're going to ask them questions that gives you a window into those important aspects that we talked about earlier. You know, you're asking them about their relationships, their friends, maybe, um, you know, what, like their personal life. Get, don't make it so formal. I, and I like, you know, don't, I don't like to, like for me, if I, if I don't have staff, I, you know, I'm the only staff member in my business right now. But if I was going to do like, uh, if I was going to have like an interview, I wouldn't do it behind a desk. I'd, I'd take them for a walk and say, let's just chat, you know, to try to let them let their guard down and be themselves. Cause that's how you're going to judge their, their personality and stuff. But you're asking questions that are personality based not really what their history was of, you know, their employment and stuff, all right? Because I don't think that's going to tell you, it's not going to give you the true window into the things that are the most important. So I would find, I would scrap your normal interview questions and write some new questions that are going to tell you about their personality, their behavior, stuff like that. Um, and Jessica, I learned a lot of this from her, um, she would do some, ask some like really, uh, really interesting questions, you know, stuff that they've probably never been asked before that makes them think and makes them say, like, I know she would ask like a question, like, um, one of the questions she told me she asked is like, okay, um, you're working here and there's a fire. Okay. And there's a fire and we, uh, you know, where I meet you outside of the facility and there's dogs and there's dogs still inside the facility. It's on fire. I find you and say, listen, I want you to uh, wait right here until I come get you. I have to go, you know, call the fire department, whatever. And what do you do? Do you go back in to, to bring the dogs out? Do you wait there? Do you run to get the fire department too? And she would give people options. And a lot of people think that what they're, she's looking for is saying, yeah, I'm going to go in and save all the dogs. Like that's, that's probably what she wants to show that I'm going to care about the dogs and save them. But that's the wrong answer. She wants to see who would follow directions because 
odds are she probably knows more than this person. So she's going to, I want the person to say, I'm going to do what you asked me to do, which is wait here for you to come back. Those are the kind of questions that give you a window into what the person is really like, more so than tell me about your last job. All right. So think about how you can do some interesting, unique questions that'll put them a little bit off guard and get them to give an honest answer that will reveal a window into their personality and the kind of person that they are. Because those are the people that you're going to find are the best staff members. All right, so getting back to these two buckets that we have of applicants coming in. So you're getting applicants in, and there's going to be kind of two main buckets that they're going to fit into, and that's going to be short-term and long-term. So short-term employees are like college students, uh, people like maybe in between jobs or maybe transient. You know, they're just here for a short period of time, but you know that they're only going to be here for a limited time. And then you have your long-term people. These are people who want to do, they're looking for more of a long-term job, maybe more full-time and stuff. And obviously we're all looking for the long-time people. But short-time people, short-term, short-term people can be great as well and fill in a lot of gaps. So you know, particular uh, when the colleges are out, you need some extra help, boom, you know you can count on them. And But you don't expect them to stick around more. So they can be very valuable as long as you understand what where they fit in, all right? And our goal is always to take, if we get some short-term people that are really good, is there a way that we can convert them into long-term employees? Like, how can we do that? And, you know, when I find um, places that have a lot of people that have been there for years, it's because, and they may have started a short short term or just for a variety of reasons, just experimenting, trying to figure it out. I don't know if I like this. I'm just going to try it. It's about cultivating them along the way. All right. And in the next video, I'm going to talk a lot about how to create a culture and make people stay as long as possible, how to get the most out of your employees and really train them to be great employees. But for the for this for this episode, we're just talking about trying to get people on board. And I think that a lot of people who own dog daycares are very unrealistic about their expectations. Okay? You have to understand this is an entry-level position. All right? In most places, it's minimum wage or slightly above. You cannot, absolutely cannot expect to get someone who's going to stay there for years and years. By the very nature of entry level, it is not a long-term position. So if you're upset that people don't stay more than eight months a year, you got to get over that because these are the positions that you have. You're trying to get people to stay as long as possible and you will find some employees that will stay for years. Uh, but they will be the minority, okay? Because that's just the nature of the industry. So we have to stop complaining about it. We have to accept it. And then, okay, so what are we going to do about it? How are we going to try to maximize the length of time that people stay with us, but understanding it is an entry-level position. People are not going to stay there forever, you know, because a lot of times these are, you're getting more of a younger, because it's entry-level, you're getting more of a younger applicant. You know, these are people not usually in their 30s who are in the middle of trying to make a big career move. These are people at the beginning trying to figure out what they want. And who knows what that is, Okay. So we have to be realistic, make sure that you accept it instead of just constantly complaining about it. You have to understand the nature of the business and be okay with it. 
That Again, that doesn't mean that you're just not going to try to get people to stay as long as possible. Absolutely, you're going to try to get people to stay on board as long as you can. And again, we're going to talk about that in the next episode. But uh, the key thing is just having realistic expectations so you're not constantly frustrated. All right, but we're always trying to see how can we take these 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 employees, these staff members, these diamonds in the rough and cultivate them into awesome long-term staff members that will help you grow your business. They're out there. Where you find them and how you bring them in and what you do to develop them will be the difference between having those A players or being stuck with a whole bunch of D players or maybe even Z players. <laughs> okay? So that's it for now. Hopefully that gave you some things to think about about hiring. In the next episode, we'll go into detail on what you can do to make them stay longer and help them be the best staff members that you've ever had on board. All right, I'll see you in the next episode. That's it for today. I wish you nothing but success in your business and have a good week. Take care. If you'd like some help with your own digital marketing efforts, just reach out to me at overdogdigital.com forward slash contact and we can schedule time where we can get together, chat, and see if I would be a good fit to help you out.